Green Rush Nation. We have a great episode this week reaching back into the Green Rush archives just a bit to September of last year with hosts Ann and Nick speaking with Judy Yee, CEO and co-founder of KZen, a leading cannabis beverage company. Enjoy. Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. This week, Ann and Nick are chatting with Judy Yee, CEO and founder of KZen, a leading cannabis beverage company. Judy brings 20 plus years of experience in health and wellness and food and beverage to the cannabis industry, having previously worked for brands like the Clorox Company, Nestle, Earthbound Farms, and Crystal Geyser. Her hope is that in founding KZen and sharing her own story, she can continue to advocate for cannabis as a healing plant with the potential to benefit those in need. Nick and Ann sat down with Judy to learn more about her cannabis journey, how her experience working for large CPG brands has helped her scale KZen quickly, and how she envisions the cannabis beverage space maturing in the short and long term. Judy provides a ton of interesting insights in this conversation, and this is is a must-listen episode for anyone interested in the evolution of cannabis consumer packaged goods. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Judy Yee of KZEN. Judy Yee, CEO and co-founder of KZEN. Uh, we are so excited to have you on here. We love talking to um, entrepreneurial, um, brilliant, successful women. So can you talk a little bit about your cannabis journey? How did you get into this crazy industry? Yeah, no, I love, I love starting out with that question um, because it really is kind of, I think, what makes our industry so exciting and dynamic is everyone has their own story, right? There isn't like a typical path for founders or folks to get into the industry. So mine, um, I would say, is rather um, new. You know, um, I grew up um, as a first-generation Chinese-American um, immigrant, um, with a ex-military father who grew up in the Reagan era, and you know, totally just say no. Yeah, just say no. I'm like, just yeah, seriously, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so needless to say, you know, I I grew up with you know some of the, some of the more negative you know false perceptions of marijuana in our household. It was right up there with like cocaine and some of this you know truly hard narcotics and. So I um, avoided it for a long time, um, and it literally wasn't until I would say about you know five, four or five years ago, when I you know was uh, coming back into you know what I used to do before I had my daughter, which was recreational marathon running, semi-professional dancing. Um, I'm just like a workout nerd, honestly. Um, and so I was like, okay, let me get back into what I used to do, and my body just completely changed, you know, beyond what I expected. Um, and, and things I used to do to restore energy, to, to kind of provide pain management, 
uh, and, and get a better night's sleep just didn't work as well. Um, and so it really wasn't until, you know, my husband, who's a cannabis user, as well as a couple of my really good um, dancer friends was like, hey, I know you don't have the best opinion about marijuana, but you know, it really is something you should look into. And by the way, the, there's profiles of the cannabinoids that, that are also very beneficial for what you're trying to do. And then I say, well, that sounds all great, but I have asthma. Like I can't, I can't smoke. And they're like, oh my gosh, where you've been. It's, it's actually available <laughs> in, you know, in ways you can put on your like, skin. Here you is can... a gummy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a gummy, here's a cookie. And, and then I'm like, wait a minute, but I heard like people in high in college had bad trips, you know, after they consume things. And so anyways, there's a lot of like history and myths to dispel, you know, my, for myself. And so anyways, I finally tried it. Um, and then at the time I was working, you know, at a beverage company, um, head of innovation and business development. And, you know, I'm a product nerd too. So I was like, oh, like, I wonder what this would be like in a drink. Right. And so, so that's kind of how the intersection happened for me, you know, my own journey, plus already working at a beverage company and thinking that, you know, that combination, you know, could be really enticing, not, you know, especially for folks like myself who have been on the sidelines, but, you know, would be open to it if it was offered in a way that was more familiar, like a beverage, you know, maybe a little more tasteful because it tastes great. Um, and so that really was kind of the, the combination um, that got me to, you know, start Kazen and, and jump into the industry. And it's been fantastic. You know, um, one of the things I, I love to do in my past career is, is to get behind a movement and advocate for something I believe in. Um, I used to be the CMO at Earthbound Farm. So, you know, early pioneer of organic food movement. Um, you know, I, I love that job, not, not just because we had great products, but, but it was a philosophy, it was a lifestyle that I can get behind. And I find like, I feel like right now with cannabis and what I'm doing at Kazen, it's like that 2.0, like, hey, this is my next, you know, movement that I'm, I'm really you know, excited about. Yeah. And I think that leads really well into to our next questions. Like, you know, you have a lot of experience in the CPG space, you know, working, you've worked with brands like Clorox and Nestle, like you, you just said, um, some others that you've worked with. So talk about how that experience in has really positioned you for success in the cannabis industry. Like what have you brought over from that CPG background that's really helped Kazan, uh, you know, build a, a really strong brand early, early on like this? Yeah, you know, I think um, a few things come to mind. One is really just um, really centering your business, you know, around really understanding the consumer, right? Um, I always think of, you know, the spoke of the wheel, right? Like the center is the consumer and, um, and everything you do in terms of the product you design, the branding that you are creating, the communication, the language, um, and, and also how you show up in, in, in the stores you know, is really around how do you delight and excite and, and, and get, you know, the consumer to really, you know, love you and trust you and buy you. Um, and so that's kind of something I grew up with, you know, in my, my background and, and, and those companies you mentioned is, is, is all is very consumer centric, right? So what we did early on when I founded Kazen was we did, you know, a, a huge listing tour across um, California and, and, you know, the research term is ethnographies, right? So you, you really kind of put yourself in the life and settings of the people that you're trying to understand. And so, you know, we 
grouped consumers in ways that we thought made sense. You know, so we had like a group of, um, you know, moms that, you know, were, were looking to replace alcohol or just trying to have a healthier solution um, to socialize and relax. We've got folks that are like super hardcore, you know, um, um, and, you know performance-driven athletes. We had boomers that were seeking, you know, ways to age more gracefully and maybe with pain management, anxiety management. So anyways, we kind of had all these groups and we, we literally went to their homes or offices and, um, and asked them questions and observed them about cannabis, you know, when, why, why not, how, um, and what's getting in the way, right? And how would a beverage fit in? So, so coming out of that is really what informed us of our product strategy, you know? Um, and, and that's why we have the products we have today, which is a portfolio of products like the 100 milligram S shots, you know, which is a cannabis infused, delicious shots that you could drink on its own, or you could, um, you know, dose it out and put it into your favorite cocktail. And on the other end, we have our low dose, super clean, all natural, um, great tasting spritzers, Madly spritzers, which is a five milligram THC, five milligram CBD. So you have this really light um, and you know elevated experience, um, but but dosed you know appropriately so that even someone that isn't as familiar or or don't exactly know their tolerance can still step into it and, and have a safe and enjoyable experience. And then we also have our sleep tonic, which we know that you know there's people coming into cannabis that really are looking for specific functional benefits, right? Like getting a, a good night's sleep. Um, and so we've designed a product with um, CBN um, to help address that, you know, that 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 benefit. So, so anyway, so that's kind of, you know, one example um, of what I took from C my experience in some of those companies into cannabis. Um, and then I would say the other um, very important part is, you know, making beverages. You know, some people might think like it. What it's not that it's not that difficult, right? You could just like. You know, I, I mean, I know I'm I'm a, I'm a uh, you know inspired bartender at home, but to actually you know commercialize on a large scale um, product that is not just tasty but you know safe, effective, um, and stable, right? Because we all know sometimes things go bad, right? If you especially if you're using really good juices, um, you know, after a couple months, if it's not formulated in the way to create that stability, it can turn sour or it could. Something can grow in it, which you know we never want. So, so bringing that kind of um, manufacturing process, um, you know, um, formulation R and D was super important and and quite frankly really hard, you know. Um, and and I think that's one of the reasons why in like the illicit market you don't see beverages because you can't, right? That you right, like like I mean you might see it. It might be someone you know someone made it in in their yeah, kitchen but it's or not whatever good. else. <laughs> Yeah, but um, something could be growing. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> but it, it very it it is so much of a science as it is an art, and so you know having come from you know Crystal Crystal Geyser Beverage Company and all the food um, and you know beverage brands I've worked on, I know you know I know how hard it is, and I know what are the things that we got to do so that you can have a product that tastes just as amazing at month eight. Um, and also, by the way, you know, it's the potency is still there, right? You want to make sure you're, you know, you're, if you're saying you have 10 milligrams, you're 10 milligrams a month eight as you are in month one. So that is the kind of, I would say, technical expertise of food science, beverage science that we also have brought, um, you know, into the industry. So I would say those two things is, is really what um, I have found to be most translatable and, and, and most beneficial 
um, of, you know, of, of coming into cannabis beverages. Uh, you know, you bring up the point of, you know, beverages are, are sneaky and that they're not, they're not as easy maybe to make or as people think they are to make because of, um, you know, it's, there's the emolliency and like the, is that, is that a word? Did I make that up? No, is very difficult. And we've <laughs> talked with producers who are like our first try, like all of the, all of the, the, the cannabis like stuck to the side of the can and didn't it like, so, you know, having that, um, that technology to, to have the shelf stability and, and to have the, have it taste good. Cause I've also had a lot that don't taste good. Um, and to, to have a predictable kind of outcome every single time. When I go to Starbucks, I know what I'm getting in my latte, I know how I'm going to feel after it. Um, what kind of, um, you know, in this R&D process, you know, did you find anything that was particularly surprising to you um, when it came to cannabis versus other beverages in your past? Um, you know, b- besides the, the, the emulsion, like you said, sticking to the can and things like that, um, I, I found it really fascinating. And this is where I love playing with products is the sensory Right, it's is the taste, smell, how it looks, and you know, cannabis um, to me kind of has like, you know, reminds me of tea. I used to work on a brand called Tea Java, and I love tea. I think teas are gorgeous, and it has such like rich, um, natural, earthy root kind of taste profiles, um, but also like really fragrant at the same time. So, so coming from that world of tea and coming into cannabis, I was very comfortable kind of playing with that. And, um, and I, you know, we were able to find things that worked well. So it's kind of like one plus one equals three. Like, I don't like masking. Like, like a lot of times, you know, you find products, even in mainstream food and bev, people just mask like, oh, that's a, that's a, not a good, you know, taste profile. Let's just try to get rid of it by whatever, doing something with it. And oftentimes in cannabis, definitely, you know, definitely in the earlier days, it's just let's put tons of sugar, sweeteners, artificial flavors, whatever it is. Let's just mask that cannabis taste. Like that is not my, our philosophy at all. Like we know that cannabis actually combined with the right ingredients can make a really beautiful um, taste profile. And so like Mad Lily, if you look at it, we, if you look at the ingredients, like four ingredients, you know, it's, it's cannabis emulsion, sparkling water, beautiful fruit juices, and, you know, and, and some natural flavors. That's it. Like there's no, you know, no, no um, additional sweeteners, no, no sugar added, um, you know, no preservatives or any of that stuff. So, so, you know, I think, I think it's the, the art of the food science, the, um, the, the formulation, the um, recipe development is also what I really love to do. And, and I think that's kind of what we've had in our products, you know, and, and I think, you know, we've been recognized for that, you know, with some of the awards we won, you know, like the Medley um, Passion Fruit Mango, we won the Emerald Cup second place this year. And then on, on the S-Shot side, you know, um, the Watermelon Punch won um, the Wecons, you know, 2021 Best Beverage Mix, you know. So so we really um, strive pretty high for taste. I mean, having been, been in the industry for 20 plus years on the mainstream side, like it doesn't matter how functional, how great a product is. Like I can add all the, the, the benefits, but if it doesn't taste good, smell good, look good, like no one's going to buy you, right? They might buy you one or two times because it's interesting and novel, but for it to be a repeatable experience, for it to be part of your everyday habit, it has to taste great. And, and so that is, you know, something we really put a lot of time against and, um, and not compromise. 
Yeah, I gotta say, you had me as soon as you said no artificial sweeteners, no sugars in there. I I cannot drink drinks like that anymore. Like it just messes with my head, gets me all out of whack. So um, I do I do love that you guys are doing that. Um, but I, I want to shift the conversation back a couple of years. You know, you guys got your seed funding back in 2019 from a, a group called DCM, you know, before any of your products were actually rolled out. Can you talk about, you know, going through those early investor meetings? Um, you know, what, what were those like? And, you know, how did you guys, you know, grow it and continue to fund yourselves now? Yeah, um, you know, those are those those are just <laughs> chapters in your in your journey that you you know definitely don't forget. Um, and you look back. Remember, we talked about this early in the call. It's like every week in cannabis is like a month. And 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 when you asked me to go back in time to think about those those, those times, yeah, certainly um, very memorable. Um, yeah, so you know it 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 really was selling them on your vision. Right. And um, and also your plan, like what are you going to do with the money they give you? Like what's what is going to be the milestones that you're going to you're going to aim for to show progress against the usage of the funds that is going to continue to propel the business forward. Um, and so having a really clear thought through plan, um, you know, was really important. And, you know, having come from CPG and a lot of, you know, um, larger corporations, I mean, talk about bureaucratic, right? Like to get things done, like to get an approval for, you know, a budget, like you have to like think things through like 20, 30 different times. And then you got to have, okay, contingency plan. If this doesn't work out, this is what I'm going to do differently. Right. And you kind of like, you're so trained to think about what could go wrong and how do you, how do you mitigate that? Like, that's just how I'm wired. And so when I was kind of pitching the, the idea, like I, I, I thought through a lot of things. Again, in cannabis, things change, right? We know that and we get that. But the ability it's to the only that, thing that's constant in cannabis, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. And we all, you know, and talk about agility, right? Like you just gotta be so agile and almost anticipate things that need to change. And so that's kind of, you know, what what I kind of armed myself with going in here and, and what I was used to from some of the other jobs is. I know things are never going to go as planned, but if I can show early on that I'm ready for that, <laughs> um, and I'm going to, you know, um, one of the one of the philosophies, um, you know, that I grew up with is like, hey, fail fast, fail for, you know, fail forward, right? Embrace failure. Don't be paralyzed by it because you'll never make a decision, <laughs> um, or you'll be too afraid to to make big bets. But but do it. But do it. If you're gonna fail, like you know, fail fast, fail forward, and that's kind of what we've always, you know, continue to do here. Not that I like failing, but but if we just ingrain that it is part of the process of of a startup, especially in this industry, you're gonna be that much more um, successful, but also enjoyable, right? Like like the journey, because that's just how it is. And if you're ready for it, you're anticipating it, um, then you know it becomes part of how you work, you know, and, and that's kind of part of, you know, the discussions we've had early on as well. You've talked a lot about uh, your, I, I was reading an interview that you did um, and you talked about having a conversation with your mom and telling her uh, that you were making this career move and, you know, coming from that first generation, uh, Chinese American, your, your dad was in the military. Um, 
can you talk a little bit about what those initial conversations were like, where they, where they were then and where they are now? Yeah. Um, so I live here in the Bay area, my mom and dad, actually my late father, but my mother lives, um, now in, you know, lives in Seattle. So, um, when, when they found out, you know, I was starting a company, they kept asking like, what, what's this company about? And I'm like, Oh, it's a beverage company. And like, Oh, well, what's so different about this beverage company than the one I used to work at? I said, you know what? Let me tell you in person the next time I come to Seattle, because I knew it was one of those conversations that you just cannot have over the phone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also they are, you know, dominant Chinese speakers. And so 90% of the time I try, I, I talk to them in Chinese, but you know, my Chinese is pretty, um, you know, not as sophisticated as theirs. And so I literally had to like write out and I have to go, I had to seek people that knew Chinese better than me to, to phrase out what I, how I was going to say it. <laughs> Cause I didn't want any misunderstanding. I didn't want to use the wrong terms. You know, I really was like preparing for the speech. Um, and so finally I, I you know, got to the, the opportunity to go see them in Seattle and I said, Hey, you know, this is, in Chinese, I'm like, this is this is what I'm doing, um, and I and I remember the word marijuana in Chinese. It, it, it sounds kind of harsh, like like the tonality. It, it's called da ma, you know, da is big, and then ma is like um, drug, right? <laughs> oh my god! So it's like big drug, right? And I, and, I, and, I, and I was thinking like maybe maybe that's just like a slang word that I knew as a kid, you know, as a teenager and the young adult, there's gotta be another word or phrase, but there, there wasn't. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to just use this word that just sounds really harsh. Um, and so I told them and I said, look, I said, let me explain, right. It's, I, I know that, you know, the, the, and a historical understanding is, you know, it's mostly used for this and this. And I said, but there's been so much science behind this and, and, um, and understanding. And then what I did was uh, one of my um, emulsion um, partners um, from Vertosa, he's, he's the head scientist there. He's Chinese. So he literally wrote my mom a letter in Chinese oh, wow. and, oh and, and, and put and talked about and, and gave her his credentials. Like, look, I'm a, you know, I'm a graduate of, I forgot what school, I study science, I worked at these companies, and I started a cannabis technology company. Let me tell you what, what it is. And then by the way, your daughter and I are partners and her product uses my stuff. Like, he did that and, and it even gave her samples <laughs> of what it is. And I showed up with it, right? I mean, she, she got it by the time I got there. It was like a really well orchestrated event, but it went so well because it really was it, my mom became so curious, like, like it wasn't even like a question, like, why did you do that? And it was like, oh my gosh, tell me more. Like, oh my, I didn't know this. Like, how does it taste, Judy? Like, so she, it became very educational. And um, so it turned out to be just a much better, you know, experience, uh, that coming out moment than I initially thought. And I do have to thank um, Harry, um, <laughs> who has ever toasted, that was part of the uh, unveiling with me. We love the guys at Vertosa. Ben yes. and his yeah, team shout are, out are awesome. <laughs> Good job, Vertosa. I mean, that's really going above and beyond a partner. Um, like, totally, let me write. Right? Let me yes. write a letter to your mom. I know in Chinese. Me, in Chinese. Yes. Let me share it with her my my credentials. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was yeah. I I will always remember that, and so so appreciative of what what he did for sure. 
That's amazing. And, and I think that having, um, you know, you out there as, um, not only as a businesswoman, but an advocate and an educator, um, is really helpful and really you you focus a lot on moms and you focus a lot on, you know, wellness and, and incorporating that into their lives. And so the, the genesis of the brands, the two dominant brands, I guess, three dominant brands that you have, can you talk through your thinking behind the person who is enjoying that brand? Did you, did you think that way or? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, we, I always like to profile our target user just to kind of personify them. Um, and you know, so, so I, I, as I said earlier, you know, when we did the ethnography, when we kicked off the company to really understand like the, the, the consumer landscape segmentation, um, what they needed, you know, that that's kind of what led us into the three products that you mentioned. And so the hundred milligram S shot product, you know, really was kind of thought through from someone that's, you know, very familiar with cannabis. And I, I call it, I call him Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Henry. Yeah. Impressive Henry. Yes. Every day. Every, every day user Henry, right. Wow. Grew, up, grew up with cannabis, knows cannabis, you know, had it. And really is it a functional everyday user? Like they, you know, this Henry uses it to, you know, they get up in the morning, they wake up with it um, and, you know, really sees it as part of his routine, right? And and, and, and familiar with the strains and, and the potency and all that stuff. And probably is, you know, a dominant smoker, right? And, um, and, and, and happy with it, with continuing to do that. And so then for us, it's like, okay, would he be open to a drink? And we found out yes, right? But, you know, it needed to be a certain way and it needed to be in a way that was also very accessible and affordable and also very um, adaptable to hit to how he wants to use it. And, um, and so that's kind of where S shots came from. And so you can see the brand has a certain energy and different vibe and, um, you know, a, a little bit more bold because the product is bold. Um, and, you know, so, so that's kind of, you know, the kind of genesis of S shots is really kind of going after the everyday user Henry. Well, what, um, just real quick, what also yeah. jumped out at me, um, with, uh, regard to the S shop brand is the price point. Yes. I mean, it's what, $15 yes. for, for a hundred milligrams. Yep. Yep. That Dang. is incredible value, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you I, know, I mean, yeah. And you know, we, 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 we definitely wanted to hit the sweet spot. I mean, there's definitely other products that might, is, is cheaper than us at the hundred milligram level too. And, um, so we wanted to, to be, um, accessible, but also, you know, our, our product is quality, you know, and, and the cost that goes into it. Um, and so we felt like 15, you know, is definitely, um, a, kind of a, a good moderate price range. Um, but yeah, it, it, that was really intentional too, to your point is, is the everyday user uses cannabis a lot. Right. And, um, and so it has to be, you know, um, accessible, you know, so that they can use it more often for sure. Let's keep building off that because that's, that accessibility is definitely one of the major challenges I think for, for this beverage category to really enter the mainstream with it. Like, like you said, you, you gotta go up against gummies. You gotta go up against the, the traditional smokers. So, you know, what other challenges, you know, do you foresee, um, you know, for the beverage space to really take that leap into the more mainstream category? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, you, I think accessibility is like, like you said, the theme of that. And, and, and to me, that translate, translate into a few different things. You know, one is just being more available. You know, um, if you think about alcohol and other, um, you know, beverage formats, you know, you can buy that at grocery stores. You can order that at um, hotels and restaurants and, you know, and, and, and gross and, and just, you know, and the rent, the list runs long. And so, you know, I think being in a regulated market, it does limit, you know, where you can show up and, and be available for purchase. Um, but I think that I, I do believe that the future is changing, you know, in a better, in a better direction there. I also think that there's been a lot of innovation happening in the retail landscape, you know, with on-site consumption lounge, lounge opening up. Um, and, you know, I do think the, um, in, you know, the direct-to-consumer delivery model is also really um, supporting the trial of beverages so that people can, you know, order it at home, especially in the pandemic. Um, and so I think, you know, th and those are things I think is going to continue to help. But, but I do think, you know, having more distribution points, you know, whether it's through regulated dispensaries, um, you know, or places where they consume, um, on premise is is really going to you know help take off um, that the cannabis beverage category, but I would also say even within the stores like dispensaries, um, I think you know and two years ago I think you know very few had actually refrigerated cases right, um, so you know it, I think there's a lot of just even within the store that that shop that consumer journey the, the shopping journey inside the store. Um, can also really, you know, be improved. And I think there's definitely a lot of um, innovation in the last you know, year against that. So now not only some dispensary, you know, most dispensaries have a refrigerated case, but I think the next area is category management. You know, I, th I think beverages, unlike some of the other categories, you do have to think about it differently. You know, you do, I think it is very, it is sometimes an impulse purchase, right? Versus a planned purchase. So, um, so how do you get people to really like, oh, never thought about this, but this looks kind of interesting, is you got to put it in the store in a way that people will like bump into it or see it. And it's got to be very accessible. So if it's behind the counter, like I can't reach in and like take a look at it. I can't feel it. There's something about putting your hands around like that cold, you know, beer bottle, right? When you go to stores, like, like it just, and, and all of a sudden your sense. Well, and to look at ingredients too. Right, Everyone's like, looking exactly. at ingredients. So yeah. I want to see that and I want to be able to, that's part of the purchasing experience too, right? Absolutely. Yep. And you hit on the nail, like, like the, like the ability to browse, right. To consider it. And, and that's, that's a normal behavior, especially for food and bev. And so, you know, so there's some dispensaries where I'm like, man, this is great. Like I walked into the store there it is. Like I see it, you know, I, I, I can, I don't have to ask somebody to get it for me. I open the fridge case. I'm, I'm just like, Oh, let me, let me check this out. You know, I, I, so I think like even just within the store journey, there's so much room to really, you know, um, opportunity to really elevate that, that um, consideration for beverages that I'm starting to see um, not in every store, of course, but I do see some that's, you know, really starting to, to, you know, step it up. Um, I had cut you off earlier and I apologize for that, but I do, I do want to find out more about the brands themselves and the, specifically the Mad Lily brand, because yes. I feel like that brand speaks to me, um, in your portfolio. And I just wanted you to talk a little bit about that because I, 
I really want to try it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And we should make sure you get one. Um, yeah. So I would say, you know, when I started Kazen, like when I th- thought about like, what would be the beverage I, I want to drink? Like that, that was it. Like Mad Lily was like the first thing in my mind when I, when I started the company and, um, and I just felt like, you know, it was, it was, you know, it needs to be catered to, you know, the, the consumer base that, um, you know, are either curious, hasn't tried or are, are in the category, but mostly still dabbling, right. So exploring, um, and, and so it has to be accessible. Um, I know we keep using that word, but, but I can't explain, but in, in terms of, um, how, it, how it shows up. Right. So, so for me, um, when I first went into dispensaries and, and checked out products, it was very intimidating, you know, like the whole experience, um, you know, they're, you know, having given my ID and then I have to go to the counter and then I don't even know what I'm looking for, you know? Um, and so for me, like designing a product where it's really familiar, like, it's almost like I've seen this before, maybe at Whole Foods or maybe at, you know, some, some restaurant I've been at. So I wanted a brand that really resonated with a curious or less educated informed cannabis user to encourage discovery, right? Um, and then the product has to be formulated um, in a way that um, isn't so um, overly potent that they don't, like if they accidentally maybe drink a little too much, like they're, they're, they're going to have a bad experience, you know, so ours, you know, is five and five. So you've got that great balanced high between CBD and THC. Um, and then for some people, they can probably drink more than one. Um, and so um, that was part of the, you know, the, uh, the, the design. And then we also wanted flavors that um, are enticing, you know, to, um, to these users. And by the way, it is leaning female, you know, I, I had female in my mind for sure. Um, partly because all the research I've done is um, a lot of new beverages, especially in cannabis, um, has been, you know, um, women. Women have tried cannabis beverages probably a little more than, than men. And so I knew that um, it was a segment that was already listening for beverages and curious over beverages. And so I wanted to lean in more to them. And so all the flavor profiles that, that you see are Mad Lily, Raspberry Hibiscus, Passion Fruit Mango, you know, those are flavor profiles that, you know, we did, we listened a lot to some, a lot of the women that we've spoke with. They, they, that was what they wanted. You know, they're like, I was like asking them, what's your favorite cocktail? Like, Oh, like why, what's in it that you love, you know? So, so those are just things that we really leveraged in our research to, to kind of design the the product and the brand. And then lastly, the words mad Lily, um, you know, we wanted a brand that had a, a, an ability to personify, right? Um, and, and also some, it's almost like some, some, a brand that you can relate to. And, and, you know, a lot of women I talk to, even in my own experience too, especially, you know, we, we wear multiple hats, right? Sometimes there's a little bit of a duality to our lives. You know, you go to work, you're doing it, you're, you're kind of a certain way, but you come home, you're, you know, your mom, or you are, you know, you're, you're a wife or you're like, Hey, I'm an, I, I'm a work, I'm a tech worker by day, but you know, I am a, comedian by night. There's so many beautiful people I've met that just has these really interesting lives and profiles of, of who they are that I wanted Mad Lily to kind of um, celebrate, you know, that duality in people's lives and like, hey, 
there's some sometimes in your in your in your days where you can be a little mad, but there's some that you just kind of want to be a little lily, right? So it's kind of this. Um, I love that. Yeah, and that's why it's also CBD THC, right? A little bit of yang and yang, and it's a great balance. Not one 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 without the other is incomplete, and so. So that was kind of the genesis also for the words Mad Lily. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That, that's a great story. Um, Judy, I want to start looking to the future now. What has you most excited for the future of KZEN? Is there, is there any particular innovations or, you know, where do you see the company growing that's got you, you know, just really pumped about, you know, the next couple of years? Yeah. I mean, there's so much to be excited about. You know, I, I feel like... Um, you know, cannabis beverages, you know, as an industry as a whole is definitely starting to take, take hold. Um, and, you know, in, in particular, you know, for Kazen as part of the, the, the industry itself, you know, I feel like we are, you know, definitely doing our job to, um, encourage people to try cannabis beverages, but more importantly, help change the narrative, help destigmatize, you know, how people have, thought about cannabis in general, um, you know, not only through the beverages that we have, but also, you know, the, the, the things that we're doing in the community, the type of people that are showing up, representing Kazen, um, to show like the diversity, to show the different voices and, um, to advocate for change, you know? So, so I, I am, I'm super excited about, you know, that, that, I think that that work and that momentum is only going to continue. Um, and I really do see, you know, um, that one day, like cannabis beverages, you know, is going to be, you know, available within arm's reach, you know, across all channels and, um, and super acceptable, you know, by, by everyone, you know, it's no longer this like, okay, is that cannabis beverages or alcohol? It's like, no, this is a, you know, a great drink that, that, that will help you feel great and socialize that there's no like distinction, you know, like right now there's still this like, okay, it's a cannabis infused beverage. Um, versus like, oh, it's a Corona. Like, you know, no one talks about like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a beer. It's like, it's so synonymous to a, a certain like category and lifestyle. And I, I, my, my goal is for Mad Lily um, in S shots to kind of, you know, become the iconic um, brands and, um, you know, uh, vernaculars for the beverage of, of this type in the future. I love it. Um, if you could write tomorrow's headline for you're in the Bay Area, right? So the for the San Francisco Chronicle or uh, the um, the Mercury Mercury News, the Mercury is it just the Mercury now? I think it's Mercury News. Is Mercury, Mercury News. News? Mercury News, I think. Okay. If so, tomorrow morning, opening the your browser or the paper, what would be your dream story for this industry? Wow, I love those questions. <laughs> Um, you know, I think it would be, um, you know, cannabis, cannabis beverages overtakes alcohol, Ooh, <laughs> you know, that's a good one. Um, interesting. Yeah. I, when I was at Crystal Geyser 2016, I remember the moment where bottled water took over soda. It was huge, right? It was like, it was like this unthinkable thing that happened. And, um, and what yeah, year was that? That's fascinating. 2016. Okay. Yep. Um, and it was a marker, right? And and so I I that that to me would be and and you know I'm not talking case and only I'm talking like for the industry, 
like that would be huge, you know, be, um, because alcohol and, and spirits is so um, globally ingrained in culture. Um, and, I, and I think if cannabis is able to do that, you know, obviously not only the, the economics would be amazing, but I think finally the acceptance, right? The stigma, the de-stigma, all that um, would be achieved. Um, and so, you know, to me, that would be, that would be huge. And, and to know that I was part of, you know, Kazan was part of the early, early days and pioneers in that would be, you know, and would be amazing. I love it. That That is a really good headline. I, I'm hoping we see that one soon. <laughs> um, Judy, this has been a fantastic conversation. Before we let you go, can you let our listeners know where they can find KZN products? And are there any new markets you guys are looking to expand in the near future? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So everyone, please check out ease.com. Um, you know, we're available. Our entire portfolio um, is, is available on ease to, to be able to deliver to your home or your office. Um, we are also on Saba and Ona Life here in the Bay Area. They're also um, amazing women-owned delivery service companies as well. We just interviewed Andrea. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Yep, yeah, love it, love it. That was awesome. Um, and then you know, we are, we're also in um, a, a lot of the Northern California dispensary markets. But yeah, check out our website and you can look for our um, list of dispensaries and, and retail locations so it's drinkmadlily.com and then s.shots.com. You just did our outro, Judy. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Judy Yee, the founder, the CEO extraordinaire um, of Kazen. So we so thank you um, for coming on the show today. Uh, It's a Friday afternoon and uh, we just so appreciate your time. Thank you. No, thank you. So nice to meet both of you. And and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story with you and and your listeners. Our thanks to Judy Yee, the CEO and founder of KZEN. Uh, check them out at kzen.co and at s-shots.com and at drinkmadlily.com. That's Lily with two L's. As always, thanks for listening. If you want to chat with us, please find us on Twitter with the handle at the underscore Green Rush or on Instagram, the greenrush underscore podcast or drop us an email greenrush at kcsa and don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter and the green rush in your favorite podcatcher that's one take shay one take